0: right let's go ahead and uh, excellent pre-show cheers pre-show let's do it cheers to you and cheers to you back to good old monkey shoulder solid
1: consistent i love it
0: we plowed through that uh, highland park 12 uh, with that 80 dollar bottle in like uh we smoked that one two weeks (laughs) hello internets welcome to the show thank you for joining us
1: Let's recap the Utah Jazz trade with John Collins and what the roster looks like moving forward.
0: Readdressing the new NBA, CBA, and how it's affecting teams that most people aren't talking about.
1: MLB Commissioner regrets a major decision.
0: All that and more. My name is Darren, and that is AJ, and this is the DNA Sports
1: Recap. Roll the intro.
0: How's it going, AJ?
1: Doing good, man. Been a busy week with sports business, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we had our uh, one of our... Actually, it's becoming more common and the way you hop on to address something really quick that happens in the news. Uh, let's go ahead and just recap that real quick. Let's go ahead and talk about the trade. If you go ahead and bring it down for them, what uh, what the trade actually was.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so just to recap, it was between the Jazz and the Hawks. The Hawks send John Collins to Utah in exchange for Rudy Gay and a second-round pick.
0: I was trying to keep an, an ear on the local post. Well, like the pulse of the local media, sports media, and how everybody's taking it. And I was listening to uh, ESPN 700, uh, the Spence Check, It's the Drive. It's uh, an AM uh, sports radio show here in the afternoons, but it's also available as a podcast, so please go check that out. Um, They are talking about that at the trade deadline last year, the Sacramento Kings offered Atlanta three first-round picks and Harrison Barnes for John Collins. That is absolute craziness in less than eight months time, (laughs) like the value of that con the value of a player probably the value of the player but also the CBA is kind of thrown in there and really kind of made
1: yeah I would think the CBA has got more to do with that and and trying to dump salary off and you know avoid some of these second aprons of the CBA mm-hmm. um, I don't know if John Collins has lost that much value over over the last eight months that would be I mean really Utah has I think the steal of this trade season so far I don't know if we see player valued at that, that high with that high of a ceiling move for quite what the Jazz stole for at, at the current rate
0: uh, so the fact that he has been on a state decline year over year since 2020, which is something we covered on that video. So be sure to check it out. That is a big concern for a lot of people in the local market. You brought it up on our last episode there uh, that that is a concern.
1: Yeah, I mean, realistically, he's just, you know, his his stats have kind of fallen. We actually had a really good comment about a guy that uh, that had mentioned that he had a, an injury to one of his fingers. And that was kind of since that injury um, his numbers have kind of declined since then. So I mean that might be something to watch out for, you know, if, if I mean, if that's really the reason that his shooting production went down, um that might not be something that's as easily fixed as just some coaching stuff like I mentioned in the last video. Um, I do think he's going to have a lot better opportunities to to shoot from space and, you know, be created for with some of the ball players that we have on the Jazz team right now. If you've got a nagging injury that you're that you're kind of fighting all the time, that could be something we would definitely want to keep an eye on.
0: One of the things that people aren't paying attention, though, is to why the Jazz really need to make this trade. Obviously, we know why Atlanta made the trade. They need to get rid of his you know, his, what is it, uh, $25.3 million salary.
1: Yeah, $78 million over three more years.
0: Yeah, so that's one big reason for why they had to make the trade. We always talking about the CBA and how you want to avoid that, uh, the aggressive penalties of hitting that second apron, right? Yeah. What they're not talking about on the CBA is that the now with the CBA, you do have to hit a minimum. The minimum is now 90% of the salary cap. The new salary cap is $136 million. So all teams have to have a minimum of 122 million in payroll at the start of the season. Wow. So guess where the Jazz are right now? Before probably, the trade.
1: Probably roughly oh, actually probably around ninety six million?
0: Ninety three point seven million. So pretty oh, close.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So even with the twenty three point five million of John Collins' contract, that puts them at one nineteen. So they're still three million shy of the minimum they're allowed to spend.
1: Is that before THT opted into his contract?
0: That's with THG. Oh, okay. And yeah, we definitely probably want to comment, talk about that because THG did opt in yesterday. Uh, So that's great. We do have, that does address kind of a big question mark we had about who's going to be running point uh, for the Utah Jazz. So glad to see you opted in. Uh, for that last year
1: i'm excited especially his production at the end of last season i mean he was like 18 points a game four or five rebounds four or five assists i mean he looked really good running the floor for the jazz at the tail end of this season if if we can get that i mean even close to that kind of production out of him through the through the progression of the whole season i mean that puts the jazz in a really good place because he's a big guard man he's six five able-bodied he's quick he gets up and on the floor he's he's a little turnover prone at some points but I mean, decision making something you can get better at.
0: It's its one of those things where you have a score first point guard type option. You ask them to be more of a point guard. Yeah. Distributor, you're going to see that kind of change. So that's just kind of something to expect. And I would expect to see his numbers drop as far as turnovers this year. Just, oh, I would think so. Yeah, you know, just simply with familiarity with the system. Yeah, and getting used to guys,
1: you know, moving into certain positions and knowing where guys are going to be. Just getting a feel for the team is going to help him a ton.
0: Yeah. But if you really think about it, there are probably about five or six. See, this is another reason why I think the NBA is a little scripted. This comes out the year, like exactly after the Spurs get Victor Wembanyama. They were one of the worst. Their salary was the lowest in the NBA last year. Right. So the fact that now they have Victor Wembanyama, now they have to make up, you know, an extra thirty million dollars just to hit the Nome two before. So
1: they yeah. got to go find some big dollar player to or pay or pay a bunch of their guys a bunch of money.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. So yeah. you're going to see a team like the Spurs go from tanking to get the number one draft pick. So now they're obligated to spend another additional 30, 35 million uh, on a player to get to the minimum. And I like, oh, shucks. Now we got to go get a competitor. Now we're competing again. You know, it's kind that's of pretty tough, man. That's kind of crazy, actually. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that it happened that way, but that's kind of all played right into the Spurs' hands.
1: They're so, like, "Yeah, this is perfect. This is exactly how we needed it to be."
0: Yeah, the CBA penalized teams like Golden State and encouraged, you know, teams like San Antonio to do exactly what they did. So, uh, but yeah, so if he opts into his contract, then you know the Jazz are, are steady. So we we set uh, the Jazz are at where they need to be. Uh, but let's say he opts out, the Jazz have at least three million. And they have to pay in order to hit the minimum for to hit ninety percent of the salary cap.
1: Yeah, and I think they still got a couple of roster spots to fill anyway. So I think yep. there's some with some minimum contracts, they should be in okay shape, especially if he does opt out. I love Jordan Clarkson. I think he's a fantastic player, and he is probably one of the most electric players in the NBA to watch. Yep. Um, as far as just getting a bucket whenever you need one, and there's nothing anybody can do to stop you. Uh, that's that's Jordan Clarkson. That's your guy. But um, you know, he's got some stuff to be desired on defense. And I think this team is going to need to swing more towards a defensive team to be super successful next year. You know, does he fit that kind of DNA? That's kind of the question. I like it. Yeah. And if you guys like it, it's, it's make team. sure you hit that
0: subscribe button. That's right. Uh, let's go ahead and talk lineup. What, you, what would you like to say on that? Yeah.
1: So I mean, I think I think you're. You know, it's kind of cool to think you're like your new your potential starting five as of now. Obviously, no trades as of today. Right. Um, you're looking. Talon Horton Tucker, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Ochai Ogbaje, probably starting at the two. He's defensive-minded. He's quick. He shoots the three ball really well. John Collins and Laurie Markin, however you want to plug and play those in the three and four. Mm -hmm. And then Walker Kessler at five, which actually leaves you pretty decent bench depth with Colin Sexton and Keontae George. You got Chris Dunn. And I mean, as you go a little bit further, you got like Simone Fontacheco, Kelly Olenek. You know what I mean? So like... It's actually a pretty decent, like, second unit of guys to come in and continue some offensive production, you know, some good up up and down the floor, keeping the ball moving. All of a sudden, the Jazz look like a super exciting basketball team to watch.
0: Because I know the Jazz do favor Colin Sexton in that uh, six-man role. Yeah. So, um, this kind of does throw a wrench into things. I think they, before this trade, when they drafted Taylor Hendricks, they were probably thinking that he was going to get a little bit more minutes now than he was. They were probably thinking about 15, 20 minutes. I think this drops us down to 10 to 15 minutes per game potentially. Yeah. Uh at that power four position, because that's really where he's going to excel at. So I don't know. What do you think? What kind of impact do you think this has on the rookies with THT opting in?
1: I mean, I think it's definitely going to take some minutes from them, but I I mean it's, it's all going to be on how their preseason goes. You know what I mean? Like how productive are they going to be when they're on a floor with nine other NBA players. College is just such a much different game. We didn't get any guys from a European league or, you know, one of these OT elites or, you know, G League Ignite where you're you're playing an NBA caliber player almost night in, night out. These guys were in college. Right. You know, the, the skill level in a college game is just going to be much different. The speed's much different. Um, and if these guys can come in and adjust, I think they're going to have a chance to earn some minutes for sure. I don't think this, these roster spots are locked in, obviously, because I'm not a coach. But, you know, like... I, I just, that's kind of front front look talent-wise, that's where you'd think everybody would be, but I think if Keontae George comes out and shines, and he puts up 40, 40 minutes a game, like, I think he's got a chance to play 10 or 15 minutes a night, mm-hmm. you know, and really be swapping out with Talon Horton Tucker, like, because he's that good of a scorer, he's that good of a ball handler, and he's that good of a facilitator. I, I think it could be super interesting, and, and hopefully this really drives these players to be more competitive, and you know, we get the best out of all these guys right away, so this Jazz team can be competitive, and And we can get some good basketball.
0: Yeah, I I think I think it's a good good point. You know, I don't really know how much this really does affect how they were planning on playing the rookies. I think they basically stacked these rookies up, saying like worst case scenario, we got the best talent at the positions we needed to fill. We got a bunch of talent. So if Jordan Clarkson doesn't resign, if Tht walks, we have a bunch of young talent that we could throw out there and hope for the best. Yeah, not only Danny Ainge but Justin Zanuck, I think they both. Serve a pet on the back or a bonus or early vacation or something. Yeah.
1: No, they got a lot of work to do, man. We got to get this team up and rolling.
0: Yeah. Well, there's not (laughs) much moves left. I mean, you know, there's still a little bit of room. You know, we still have, like you said, some roster spots to fill. But uh, as far as like, you know, the necessity, you know, I think they got pretty much everything they need covered. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The main part of the main portion of this roster is pretty much filled out at this point. I, I do suspect that you see him make one more move for a floor general type player, Um, just looking at, you know, bleacher report ESPN, like there's always some, who's the top free agent for your team. Um, you know, Trey Jones is mentioned from the San Antonio Spurs. Um, somebody like that that is not going to be a high-volume scorer but is not turnover-prone, going to make good decisions on the floor and can really just facilitate the ball to, I mean, you've got multiple scores on multiple lever- levels at this point now. Right. Um, so that's going to be super important for the Jazz to get somebody that can just get the ball up the floor and make good decisions. Um, and and, and worst-case scenario, hopefully Tht pans out to exactly what, what I think he can actually be.
0: Yeah, I mean, he did come in on a high draft, but I just did, you know, just – was a high draft pick didn't really count on his first couple of years. But I think that's never really on the player. I think that's more on the situation you're drafted into.
1: Oh yeah, and he was drafted into the LA Lakers
0: with LeBron James. Yeah, which is not something he wants because like, if, why would you know,
1: anybody want to play with LeBron
0: James? I know rookies don't because no. he's wanting to trade them for veterans. And...
1: Yeah, I need a guy that's been in the league 26 years and can barely move.
0: Yeah, because that's actually he's not wrong. That is who wins titles, but um, in the bubble. Not only, yeah, in the bubble, but in the like...
1: bubble. Who won the title this year? How many yeah. 86-year-old veterans did they have? Boston's
0: ring was won by bets. Years ago, man, the NBA is different now. Spurs, all their rings were won by bets. Golden States.
1: Yeah, no, no, okay, I see. You're you're not saying super old guys. You're just saying, yeah, more seasoned players than yeah. Like your okay. jo,
0: your John Morant's don't win titles.
1: No, not at three, four years in the league. It's unlikely.
0: Yeah. Your John Morantz, your your Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think was the is the exception, right? But he got a ring within the first within the first like five years of it, being in the league. Yeah. So all right, so let's go ahead and pivot. Let's go ahead and move on and start to talk about a little bit about uh, Major League Baseball, shall we? Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into that. So first, let's go ahead and talk about what we talked about last week. Let's go ahead and talk recap that a little bit. We talked about the hottest team in baseball. Hottest team in baseball being uh, the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, and how that the Cincinnati Reds and the Atlanta Braves were going into a, going into a series, a head-to-head series. Yeah. And whoever came out of that, uh, only one's going to come out ahead on that. Well, uh, the Reds won the first game. The
1: Cincinnati gets game one. Down, gets down 0-4 one. Yes. makes a dramatic comeback and wins game one of the series. Yes,
0: and Ellie Delar Cruz hits for the cycle in that game.
1: Dude, that game was. I actually watched a bunch of highlights of that game. Yeah. Some of his hits were insane. When he hit that ball, knowing he needed a triple it was a double for sure yeah but everyone in the stadium knew he's he's going to three yeah he's going to three
0: (laughs) you know how hard it is to get a triple when you're aiming trying to get a triple getting triples in baseball is hard enough most players don't get more than two or three a season right they're lucky but when you're at like this is my last bat, i have to get a triple here and you just manifest that that's just fantastic uh, but then the Braves did go on to win the series. They won the next two games. so you know, Go Braves. So the Braves did end up coming up. So they are now the hottest team in Major League Baseball in their last 10. They are on a five-game winning streak. They're on, on 9-1 in their last 10. Not bad. Not That's bad. pretty impressive. The Reds are still in first place in their division, a half-game ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers. The Braves, again, leading, the NL, cent- uh, leading the, the NL East, and they also... Did just sweep the AL leading Minnesota Twin.
1: Which caused- it's crazy that we're talking about the Cincinnati Reds being one of the hottest teams in baseball.
0: So let's go ahead and, uh, so yeah, tap, tip our caps there to the Atlanta Braves for now being the hottest team in the MLB. Nice. Power Rangers came out on Monday and they're first in the Power Rangers. So, Pretty impressive. That's a nice switch. That is a very nice switch. Yeah. So good job, Braves, and uh, keep it going. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, something that came out actually a few, few days ago. And I'm surprised it's not a bigger deal and not a lot more people are talking about it. It involves the MLB commissioner. In the interview with The Athletic, Rob Manfred states that he actually regrets giving the players immunity uh, during the cheating scandal of 2017 when they won the World Series. What's your take on that? What do you think about uh, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, regretting his decision to not punish players?
1: I think this is. I think this is one of those things that it, it shows that being a commissioner, you are totally just a scapegoat for all the bad things that happen in any situation. When you make a decision to not punish players, you better be ready to deal with all the
0: aftermath. I mean, yeah, I I agree with you to the point where, you know, it's kind of one of those situations where, I mean, hindsight's 20-20. Looking back on it, realizing that, okay, I need to know how deep this goes. The quickest way I'm going to get testimony from these players and actually have them tell me honestly what's happening is if I give them a way I can see how deep this goes, how many players are cheating this badly. And yeah, I can hear you already in in the comments, Astros fans. Oh, everybody was cheating. Let's just clear this up. Nobody was doing what you what the Astros were doing, using cameras to relay signs in real time by banging on trash cans. It's a whole new level of cheating. It's one thing to have a runner on second base and using the film room to be able to analyze the signs. So when you're at second base, you're going to see what the signs are, and then somehow you relay that an to early the jump or something, but or be able to tell the yeah. batter this is going up, this is going down. You know, relaying it to the batter live. That's just gamesmanship. To do what the Astros did. Was just cheating beyond all, egreg- all egregiousness, and both the Yankees and the Red Sox got popped for using Apple watches from the bullpen and having a buzz. You know, I don't know how you're telling the batter that because they're not wearing an Apple watch while they're on the field. You know, they're not like covering an Apple watch. Maybe it's on their ankle. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that helps, but you know, you're not giving instant feedback to tell the batter, "Hey, this is a fastball." "Hey, this is an off-speed pitch." Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, to make sure that that kind of cheating wasn't widespread, he had to do something and he had to squash it quick. So I don't necessarily I don't agree with the immunity of the players, but I do understand why he did it uh, because he needed to see how bad it was. If it was a league wide scandal, like the steroid scandal or any of that stuff or like sticky stuff and which came later, you know, I I can understand why he did it. But uh, I actually appreciate that he comes back and circles back and says, yeah, looking back, probably not my best decision. Because honestly, these guys, nothing happened to them. They got their World Series ring. Yeah, and life compared. just went on, right? Yeah, that's the worst part is they probably didn't even have to do it. The Astros were just that good of a team. They didn't need a cheat. And this year proved it. They won the World Series last year. So, right. you know, good on for doing it the right way. So, um, but yeah, it's just nice it's kind of refreshing for, uh, for a commissioner to come out and actually admit he made a mistake, you know, admit that probably not my best decision.
1: Yeah, so. that's true. That's true, because yeah. most commissioners don't do that. They're just going to roll with their decisions and take whatever heat they get either
0: way. I mean, I don't really agree with Rob Manfred most times on what he's deciding to do, uh, but uh this I can tip my cap and say, hey, man, good on you for willing to admit when you... Uh, yeah, might actually it. got it right. Yeah, so, yeah, quite cool. All mm-hmm. right, so let's go ahead and uh, talk about a quick story uh, in the NFL. So we have some NFL updates. Um, did you hear about this story about the hard knocks and HBO?
1: Yeah, so, I mean... I, I, re- I read the article mm-hmm. about the NFL and, you know, they they've selected the team to be on the show this year. It's going to be the New York Jets, um, obviously, with their addition with Aaron Rodgers and a couple of new receivers. This could be a super fun episode of, of, of Hard Knocks for people that are fans. But the fans themselves of the New York Jets are not a huge fan of this.
0: No. And not only is that, it's not the team isn't either. I mean, if you right. look at all the potential teams, the qualifiers were one, they couldn't be a featured on the team uh, on the show in the last 10 years. Uh, they couldn't have been a playoff team in the la- in the previous season. And there's a few other qualifiers. So there's really like a handful of teams that actually could have been eligible to be the Hard Knocks team. And one of them just happens to be the Jets. You got the Jets. You got, I believe, the 49ers, the Panthers, and some other teams. Now, if you are HBO and you want your team to be successful, which team are you going to kind of force their hand? Get
1: Aaron Rodgers in front of that camera.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and that's not exactly what you want when you got a team full of young talent uh, that's surrounded by because they they went the opposite way. Normally, on this show, we talk about how most teams are kind of building veteran talent around. Uh, quarterback that has on a rookie scale contract, right? Yeah. So they can kind of take advantage of that title of that uh, Super Bowl window. The Jets are doing the exact opposite way. They have a ton of young talent on their team that they're surrounding with a veteran quarterback, quarterback who yeah. only has one or two seasons in I And who knows what Zach Wilson's going to be uh, after mm-hmm. a couple of years of development underneath, uh, underneath Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see what happens there. But really the time you don't want to have a camera in – I mean, most NFL teams have a camera in their face every single you know, game anyway. Yeah. But to have them at your dinner table, to be involved in all your business and every on-and-off-the-field issue, this spells trouble for the Jets fans if they're being forced to do this. Now, they can decline it, but the NFL can force them if they want to.
1: Yeah, so. I mean, the NFL owns all of them yeah. at the end of the day. And they're, they're just trying to make revenue off this HBO series. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not supposed to be for teams that are even like really in a position to be contending. Yes. And know. because of all the changes to the Jets roster, all of a sudden they like appear to be somewhat of a contending team.
0: Yeah. So they have an argument for why they shouldn't be on the show because they, yeah. they could easily be a playoff team. Right. You know, but yeah, I mean, obviously they're two most popular things on television right now. It's reality TV and the NFL. Hard knocks.
1: Smash them together and you've got straight
0: fire. Yeah. So I can understand that. I can understand why the NFL and why HBO wants it to be the Jets I can also understand why the Jets and the Jet fan do not want that. Yeah, I mean, just Aaron Rodgers' normal rhetoric and his thumb is enough to cause distraction for a team. Uh, you know, do you really want this where the young team is trying to gel? I don't know.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, if if I'm if I'm a Jets uh, Jets fan, I'm like absolutely not. Yes. Keep those cameras out of our training camp, out of our locker rooms, out of our cafeterias. Let us get some momentum. Let us move through this. But like you said, they might not even have a choice.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that one shapes out. So
1: Yeah, should be yeah. a good one. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to tell you, if, if it does happen, I will actually probably get HBO and tune on in <laughs> to watch this just disaster unfold.
0: Absolutely. You know, I have HBO. I've never watched a single episode of Hard Knocks. I just, I just can't be interested. But people try to take sports and make it reality TV show. Yeah. I just, I mean, everybody's big into the F1 and now. Uh, the one around, surrounding golf where other PGA players. I don't know what that Oh, the called. Netflix
1: series. The Netflix one, yeah. Yeah, I actually started watching that one, but I haven't finished it yet.
0: Yeah, I haven't, I'm just, I don't want to know. Like, I'm watching sports to watch the sports. I don't need to know the drama behind it. Right. I'll say, I might even have to watch that. It's Aaron Rodgers. You know, that's going to be interesting. I saw him on Let video. us know
1: in the comments if you want us to give you some reactions to the yeah. Hard Knocks videos.
0: Yeah, we'll live stream to, uh, to watching
1: it. Yeah, exactly.
0: It kind of it. Once again, folks, if you're watching this on YouTube, keep in mind the full episode will be underneath our playlist under podcast, Also, it's available on audio wherever you find your podcasts.
1: And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like, share, subscribe. Um Keep commenting. We love interacting with you guys. We appreciate it. They've been awesome the last couple of weeks.
0: Absolutely. Let me just take a second to say to our uh, followers. First of all, welcome. You guys have doubled our subscriber count in less than a week. It's been crazy. It's been crazy. appreciate it. And uh, we really appreciate all the engagements in the comments. It's been fun to interact with you guys. Uh, Keep them coming. It's been great. And if we haven't gotten to your comment yet, we're going to try and make sure we respond to every single one of them. So much appreciated. Once again, folks, my name is Darren. That is AJ. And this has been the DNA Sports Recap.
1: Till next time.